0: It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cami Carlisle.
1: Well, hi, Ryan. It's finally Friday. We even got some snow. It kind of feels like winter. But the good news of today is my good friend Brad Murrens is here, and he is the Public Policy Director for Disability Rights Nebraska. Brad, good to see you again. It's good to be
0: here, Cammie. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Good. All right. We're we're halfway through the session, and I have all my fingers and all my toes, and (laughs) I haven't been fired yet. Good.
1: Good. Well, you know, I hate to even go back to last year, but I just want to just just a slight recap for those of maybe that were living under a rock. Last year, we didn't get a lot done.
0: Uh, Yeah, there were some things that got done. Uh, What they uh, the the brouhaha that was around the the different the reproductive rights yes. bills and the, the, the trans identity bills
1: mm-hmm.
0: you really kind of plugged things up. Um, but what they did. Uh, instead, was um, they utilized what they call Christmas tree bills, mm-hmm. uh, and basically the idea, the reason why they called it a Christmas tree bill, is that they said oh, we'll take a bill that's moving through or yep. a bill that has to get passed, right? Right. Uh, and then they'll just add, uh, they'll hang other bills like ornaments on the yep. tree, and so there were. Uh, they also call them omnibus bills, uh, and so that was the tactic to get around the filibuster. Yes. Uh, and so what it, it they didn't pass. A whole lot of bills, right? But they passed several bills with a bunch of other bills attached to them yes. as writers. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so like for example, Senator McKinney's bill about the pre-K through second grade suspension prohibition. Oh, that's on right. That, that's right. Yep. Yep. That came in as a part of the uh, I think judiciary bill or something, right. you know, omnibus bill uh, or education omnibus bill. Um, you know, we were able to get um, some language around. Um, Developing pol- a, a model policy for student behavior and mm-hmm. classroom management, uh, as cl- and I was really happy about that because it, we saw that as a uh, an alter- a better alternative uh, approach to classroom and behavior management uh, than what Senator Murray was proposing in eight eleven and physical intervention. So, uh, while it may not have appeared that they had the same quantity of bills that they right. normally do. Uh, they hit, they yeah, attached a lot of them onto other yes. bills, though. and
1: I always find that so bizarre. But I get it; it's moving. Let's yeah. just stick it on there. Well, and it
0: makes it it makes it difficult too because you have to you have to really track.
1: Yeah, you got to pay attention because
0: that bill that that was its own separate bill, LB mm-hmm. one two three, is now an amendment eight four seven right. to LB four five six, and you are like, what?
1: Exactly. So Ooh, last year it was it may, crazy. Yeah,
0: it, you got you gotta stay on the toes, but that's okay because what I tell what I always tell people is. That just means that you need to get in touch with your advocacy organizations mm. more because I'm following those bills. Mm-hmm. I'm tracking them. If, you, if right. you want to know where this bill is at and, yeah. it's, on my, and it's on my list, then I'll know where – I'll be able to tell you where it's at. So yep. you know I'm tracking them. So I always tell people, Mike, especially in when you've got that situation where you've got a lot of those hidden bills or bills yeah. that are being t- attacked on here or language from this bill is being attacked, you don't have to do all the work that's my, I'm doing that work too. So I always tell people, get in touch with your advocacy organizations. Oh, yeah. and they'll know what's going on.
1: Trust me, Brad has quite the list. I've got it right here in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> I go through a lot of bills. Well, I know. And I, it's amazing that the work that you guys do. So tell us really quick before we get into this year, just sure. remind our listeners what Disability Rights Nebraska does in a nutshell.
0: Oh, sure. Uh, uh, Disability Rights Nebraska is the designated protection and advocacy organization for persons with disabilities in Nebraska. Uh, and our main charge is to advocate for the, and protect the rights of persons with disabilities in Nebraska, um, really focused on abuse and neglect, preventing abuse, rectifying abuse and neglect, looking at uh, – getting people with disabilities to live and living in the community, thriving Mm -hmm. in the community and not, you know, warehousing people in institutions. Uh, We're also really focused on how do we, how do we help people with disabilities engage in advocacy and engage in getting their voice out there, their story and getting, educating the public, the community, and even policymakers about disability issues. So, you know, we're, we uh, do a lot of different things. We've got a, a, one of our other uh, projects that we're working on. We're, we're working on um, an inclusive lay advocacy program, which mm-hmm. is designed to help parents hmm. navigate the educational system okay. and to understand what their rights and responsibilities are and, and, and how the system works Yeah, so that they can advocate for themselves or a child and, and to help other parents to n- learn how to navigate the system. We're also looking at a, a, a project on supported decision making as an alternative to overbroad or undue guardianships and as a tool to uh help promote and enhance the self determination of people with disabilities and, mm. and to you know preserve their rights to make choices in certain areas uh and then provide them supports in other areas so right. we've got a lot of things going on but basically we you know we uh we're the protection and advocacy organization uh at there was federal legislation passed in the mid 70s that were, that required all the states and territories to have a protection and advocacy organization That's right. That's so right so we're we are that for nebraska
1: well thank you and you know i'm I really do want to uh, kind of focus on what you said about being an advocate because you can go to hearings and we i don't know are we one of the only places where
0: you can pull a senator off the floor and talk to them uh, I don't think we're the only ones. We are the only unicameral in the country. That is true. Which is nice because uh, I think, uh, anyway, at least for at least from my position, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is that I've got we've got forty nine people to convince, or yep. twenty five to convince. Right. We only have forty nine people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get your issue in front of uh, you know the House and then the Senate and then have a compromise bill and all right. It, it, which I also think makes. I don't know I get this, I get the sense that you know our legislature and our unicameral was much more immediately responsive yeah. to the citizenry mm-hmm. than you would have one of those where you have the the huge 100 person the senate and you've got the 200 person house. Right. There you know it's really hard to get into those folks but uh, Nebraska well just as a matter of fact uh 2 days ago mm-hmm. I, in preparation for this interview uh, I texted or I sent an email to um uh senator saying, hey, uh, what, what is the status of the mental health director in the corrections? And yeah. what, what's the backstory on 938? I got, an, I got an email back within an hour from the, from the senator saying, here's the backstory. Here's what's going wow. on with your boom, 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 boom. And if you had any work, thanks for reaching out. Here's the backstory. Here's what's going on with the mental health director. Here's why I'm p- introducing this bill. If you had any more questions, please let me know. Thanks, John.
1: Wow, love it. Yeah. But I think also people don't realize as citizens that you can write a letter, you can send an email, you can call. And if it's not the senators or staff that hears it and they relay it to the senator. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a pretty good deal here. I mean, you can literally talk to your yeah, senator.
0: The In fact, uh, the above the north door of the Capitol, I think, okay. it's the north door, mm-hmm. is chiseled into the rock, into uh-huh. the, the uh, limestone or whatever it is. Uh, it's chiseled in there uh, – the salvation of the state is watchfulness in the citizen.
1: Uh-huh. The idea
0: being is that we want the citizens to be a part of and watch the legislature, and we want them to engage with with the yeah. legislature. And they even in, they intended the legislature to be as what they call a citizen legislature. Mm-hmm. The idea being that the legislature will be comp- will be will be composed of citizens, would, mm-hmm. would come out of their private private lives, do their public service, and then go back into private life, right? And so the whole idea of the literature, and I think, and the way we have set it up, mm-hmm. um, is really responsive to the public. It, all the Every single bill that gets introduced is guaranteed to get a public hearing, yep. unless it gets withdrawn or they, right. you know, so it's going to get a public hearing It's right. open to the public. Yep. You have every right to go and say your piece, give some information, your perspective on Bill 1, Bill 2, Bill 3, whatever the bill yeah. number is. You have every right to email senators, call them, ask them questions. What, what are you doing? Why is this bill being done? What's right. what's the story? They're, they're happy to tell you. Yeah. In fact, I, ha- I mean, they want to know. Mm-hmm, they do. Um, and so I, I always encourage people, Mike, you know, they, they want your information. And yeah. I always say, How often do you get someone that really truly wants your opinion and wants you to tell them what you know? When you get someone that (laughs) wants to know, you you should take them up on that. Yes, you should. And I always tell people, you know, it sounds and seems intimidating. But I'm telling you right now, I've, I've seen a lot of senators. They don't float. Yeah, they don't. They don't float. They mm-hmm. walk left, right, left, yeah. right.
1: They're just like us. And
0: yeah, and yeah. they want. They encourage mm-hmm. people to come and talk to them. Um, so I always say, you know, they 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 put their pants on one leg at a time or whatever, <laughs> yep. right? And uh-huh. uh, they don't float. Nope. Uh, and they need information because I always say they they only know what they know. Exactly. They don't know what they don't know, and right. they'll be the first ones to say, "I don't know anything about." uh uh pediatric psychology what right. do I need to know exactly Be- because i have to make a decision i have this bill on the floor or right. i have this this issue or this bill and mm-hmm. i have to make a decision like i can't pass the decision. i have to make a decision yes or no right right and the and we all know the best decisions are made with the best information. And right. The more information that you have, the better your decision is going to be. And the mm-hmm. more variety of information that you have, the better decision you're going to make. So that's why I always say, "Hey, get in there. They, exactly. It's, it's not scary. No. Nope. Uh, I have all my fingers. I have yep. all my toes. Me too. I, I, I haven't had my liberty deprived, nope. and I've and I've worked with them for 22 years. And right. So wow. So you know, it's not. <laughs> You should go in there. They're not going to yell at you. That's
1: amazing. You hardly have any gray hair. It's it's, it's there. (laughs) 22 years with them, that's a long time. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff you're working on. Now, it's a lot, but uh, it, it looks like you're working on things ranging from housing rights, mental health. What are some of the bills that have the biggest stakes for those that are disabled in our state?
0: Well, you know, I think... Uh, I would say it's the housing. One of them would be the housing bills. Uh, there's there's three or four housing bills. There's several housing bills, three that I can talk, think of off the top of my head. they on our radar anyway. Okay. Um, that would give money to um, – it would, it would it would give $10 million. One of the bills would give $10 million to the Affordable Housing Trust Fund. Mm-hmm. We like that bill uh, because obviously affordable housing is important for persons with disabilities. Also right. recognizing that affordability is important, but accessibility is also important. Our argument last year on the housing bills in the last session was uh, – Affordable housing is great, but if you can't get into the affordable house, it doesn't do you any good. Exactly. And so uh, we want to re- – we're, we're going to take this opportunity to remind them uh, that it's not just affordable but accessible housing. And uh, I think LB 1323 I think is the one that I'm thinking about. Yes. Um, uh-huh. uh, it, it also uh, – one of the eligible or authorized uses of the affordable housing trust fund money is guess what? making houses accessible for families with disabilities.
1: Oh, look at that.
0: Yeah. So, wow. so we're, we're happy to see the influx of money there. We're Good. also happy to see uh, there's another bill that would uh, give, I think it's $10 million or it would give uh, uh, several, several millions of dollars to the Nebraska mm. Investment Finance Authority, I think it's authority or agency, NIFA, we call it yes, NIFA. Yes, yeah. Uh, and uh, in order to develop affordable housing, uh, we're really excited about that because uh, we've worked. We've worked with NIFA. We have a good relationship with them. I, I've talked. I talked to them, uh, and there was a legislation introduced last session, LB two seventy eight, I think it was, that required mm-hmm. NIFA and the Department of Economic Development to work together to find federal grants ah. for affordable and accessible. Housing. In fact, I said, Got it. thank okay. you for including the word accessible yes. in this bill mm-hmm. uh, for persons with disabilities. And so I think that bill I uh, think, uh, is – because one of the things I talked to John Turner at NIFa about was, mm-hmm. you know, this is a great idea. We need affordable and accessible yes. housing. Uh, but you know what would be, would be better is that, well, what if, what if there's no grants? What if you don't get the grants? What if you didn't write a very good grant? So right. it, it, it would be better to have a dedicated funding stream where we don't have to worry about, well, are we going to get the grant? Yeah. How much is the grant? If we do, how, do, how well do we write this grant? Oh, that's if, way better.
1: I mean, that takes yeah. so much stress off, yeah. so right?
0: Like, so my, my thinking is that's sort of the backstory of that uh, housing bill is that it's, a, it, it, and it's giving it uh, millions from the uh, COVID, federal that's COVID right. money. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, we're really excited about the housing bills, affordable housing. And then there was another bill that talked about giving grants uh, to cities and villages to make affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And there's another bill talking about repurposing money instead of acquiring and preparing land for the rural workforce investment housing, Mm -hmm. uh, but to change that money into rehabilitating and developing old or abandoned properties for affordable housing and uh, public places like parks. Yes. And again, we think this. We, while we support the idea, we also want to bring in the uh, bring in and remind the, the the Senate the senators about, you know, it, they need to be accessible public parks yes. as well. So yes. again, re, so we think that we're really excited about the affordable housing bill because affordable housing is really important, How, especially for persons with disabilities. Um, and a lot of the housing is not accessible for persons with disabilities. So we're excited that there's been a some significant uh, push on on housing and, and looking at affordable housing. And we're going to remind them again about accessibility as well. I, and I don't want to give them the give you the impression that they don't get the accessibility issue right, or right. that they don't understand it, or, or they're like, oh yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like I ha- I was uh, I was c- calling. Candidates that were running for off legislative seats oh, uh-huh. several years ago. And I called, I contacted this one uh, candidate, uh, and uh, he said, uh, his staff said, um, You know, I'm really glad you called, Brad. And I said, Oh, well, okay. Uh, and they said, Because we have a person with disability on our staff, mm. and so does our opponent, and we've never thought about disability policy. Oh, and so, that's and, painful. Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> you know, it's the, I think it was that. If you don't live it or if you're not around it, you, know what? you don't totally see right.
1: it. You know what? You're right. And I've said that before on the air. Until I started here, I was never aware of how inaccessible the city is for blind folks. Mm-hmm. And when Ryan became my good friend,
0: boy, howdy, do I see it everywhere. Yep. But you're well, right. I wasn't aware until I came here. I, I call it I call it building your disability lens. Yeah. And what I try to teach stu- my students at, and, uh, uh, and advocates uh, and interns is I'm like – I want you to go around, and I want you to I want you to see the issue before it becomes an issue. Mm, I like right, that. Yeah. and I give them examples. I am like look at look at this door. Mm-hmm. It's just a regular door. Yep. It's got a handle on it. It's an old timey door. It's got a big old brass handle on sure. it. Sure, and I say, is there? Any, and then we and I show them a picture of like um, you know, the the buttons on an elevator, right? Uh and I say uh, – and, and then I show a picture of like a gravel parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I say, is there any, anything out of the ordinary here? Anything, these are things you would see normally on a, and wouldn't even think about on a, on a normal right. day, right? And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and then I show them the, – uh, we produce this video at our office where we where – uh, one of our friends, Jody Faltis, goes around and shows how these things that seem normal and, right. okay, and normal for everybody else are difficult for her. For example, she says – the buttons on the elevator are too high for me. I can't, I can't reach them because her cerebral palsy ah, means has, it interferes yep. with her ability to grasp things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's like, I can't grasp the doorknob to, to turn it. So I have to wait for someone to oh. walk by and mm-hmm. let me in. Right. Uh, or, you know, I can't reach. I, I, she said, I have to swing my purse and hit the button and hope that I hit the right oh, floor button. Oh, my gosh. Like, or I got to wait for someone. Right. To, you know, so... I always try to say, you know, look and I've been fortunate that I've been around enough people with disabilities I can kind of see those things as I've seen it yeah. being disabled yeah. I call it disability adjacent mm-hmm. uh but even now, I don't see everything right you know but uh i i I think you know build your disability lens, see those things uh and uh you'll be you'll be much better
1: one of the things I find fascinating about the housing a part of me is like so is it the contractors, is it the builders is it is it because there is no law yet? That says, "Hey, you got to include X amount of accessible. If you're an apartment complex, you got 100. You, we need 10 or 20, right? Yeah. So,
0: it, it, is that why? Well, I, they no, just don't think about it, or I I do. Uh, I, I, there there is some legislation. I think it's a I think it's federal. It Maybe the ADE. I'm not really sure. Uh, but it says you know there's a requirement like five percent of your okay." Uh, has to be accessible. I don't exactly. I think it's five percent. I heard that in a conversation a little bit ago. Uh, but um, I was at a, I was at a, I was presenting to the Behavioral Health Advisory Council mm-hmm. um, last year, and I was talking to them about housing because housing is also an important issue for persons with mental health. Um, and so we, and so um, I was talking about housing. And I mentioned accessibility and mm-hmm. talked about accessibility is important. It's just as, it's just as important as affordability. Yep. And I talked about accessibility being things like there's no stairs, right, uh, ramps, that the, the, maybe the light switches are brought down. So right. if you use a wheelchair, they're not – you don't have, you don't right. to reach out or counters, reach, reach yep. or counters mm-hmm. electrical, all that, right? Uh, and this woman was in, the, uh, was in the audience, and she said, I'm really glad you mentioned that because when I think of this – and she was a housing developer. Okay. And she said, when I think of accessibility, I think of how far is this house from the bus route? Oh. And she said, I never thought about accessibility being – can I get into the structure?
1: Yeah. So once I'm in, can I get to what I need to get right, to? Right.
0: Exactly. Ah. And so, so I and I mentioned. I said, well, I'm really glad you said that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't mad. I didn't. I didn't. You know, shut her down. Right. I said, oh, I'm really glad you said that because I think that that uh, highlights something and that we need to work with a common understanding, a common definition, or yes. at least recognition of the different. Definitions and how those words and how those meanings play into different communities, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so, and again, I don't, I, I think it. So, I think, you know, with the uh, we have, we haven't thought about disability policy. Mm-mm. We think of, I think of accessibility as, as a completely different idea than mm-hmm. what you're presenting. And and I don't think that it's intentional. I don't think it's, you know, we're just, we we, we don't care about these issues. I just think that, again, if you don't experience it and you don't see it, it might might not be forefront of your mind. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And that makes sense. However, we got to change it. Yes. So let's see here. We're trying. We're trying. I know. And thank you for that. Because I mean, we're humans. Everybody's got to have shelter. It's one of the requirements of being on this mm-hmm. planet. So yeah.
0: well, and they say uh, you know the homeless shelters are not are not an answer either because no. a lot of those places a lot of those are not accessible no, or not, not as not as accessible as they as they would need to be to accommodate the wide variety of different sure. functional limitations. Right. Again, I'm not I'm not bad mouthing them, but I'm just recognizing that they may, they're not they're not prepared for the. No. They may not be prepared for the unique circumstances that disability brings. I, I, I like to say you know in the emergency management context, right I say mm-hmm. disability presents unique circumstances in an emergency that you have to prepare for that, right. that, that both the individual like i 've got my checklist i 've got my list of things i 've got my go bag i 've got my things mm-hmm. right i 'm ready to go, or i got a plan here 's right. I, I go here, I go here, I got here i', go, you know, I got a plan, and I got my stuff i 'm ready to go. But it also is important to think about those on the systems. Level. Like, well, all right, how do we prepare yeah. emergency shelters to accommodate people who are blind, right. people who are deaf, right. people who are hard of hearing, people who use a wheelchair, people who use a cane, people who use durable medical equipment, or people who use power chairs, people who, who need oxygen. Right. right. So a lot of things we need to think about. Uh, that you don't always think about if you don't have that exactly. experience. And like you said, there's so many different situations as well. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. well, we have about eight minutes left. <laughs> Sorry. And I, no, no, you're fine. I could talk about housing forever because it's so important. But one thing I really want to talk about with you is LB 417. Sure. Because that, when you sent me your beautiful list here, I was reading through it and then I got to that one. And I was like, this doesn't. This doesn't feel right. (laughs) So would you give us a little background and tell us what is this about?
0: Sure. So LB 1417 uh, was, I think, the last bill introduced this session. I think they introduced 611 or 620-ish bills and I think like 11 or 12 uh, constitutional amendments and resolutions. Uh, But um, 11... 11 or 1417 this bill would eliminate a variety of different uh, uh councils that exist uh so for example um and this is brought by Senator Brewer at the request of the governor so the governor can't introduce bills but the, but the, but senators can introduce bills on behalf of the governor and so this God. is a, a the governor's sort of a way to kind of eliminate well in their idea eliminate duplicity and you know kind of cut uh, cut the fat, if you will. Sure. Uh, and so, what they're what this bill would do is it would eliminate a whole variety of different advisory councils, um, like the Developmental Disability Advisory Council, uh, the Traumatic Brain Injury Oversight Advisory Council. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that doesn't feel right to me. That well, feels like, well, we need these. Yeah, <laughs> this is, should not be cut. I think it's you know we're. We think it's also uh, reduces the opportunities available for persons with disabilities to advocate, to educate, uh, and to rep- and to be represented. Right. Uh, because one of the th- you know one of the things that one of the things that my bo- my my first boss original boss told me really early on in my career is like it's important for you to be for you or us to be mm-hmm. seen. Yeah. Visibil- even if you don't have even if you don't have anything to say. People need to see you at the hearing. People yes. need to see you at the meeting. People need to see you and associate. So I think you know and associate you with an a topic, and you need to be present. You Agree. need to be visible. And yep. what we found, uh, what we have found over the years, is that's that's true for persons with disabilities themselves. If they're visible and they are you know participating, so we just yeah, you know, so it would eliminate a, a, a whole host of uh, councils, and and then for some of the councils that would terminate, it would take their responsibilities and fold them into the ones that didn't get eliminated.
1: Right. Okay. Well, we'll watch. Yeah. I, I mean, huh, we'll see how that goes. Yep. And now, with only 6 minutes left, let's talk about this hard bill. Sure. <laughs> It'll be nine to eight. Sure. Oh my, when I read that too, I was like, so that is to provide the appointment of a mental health director for the Department of Correctional Services, mm-hmm. and of course, I'm like we don't have a mental health director.
0: In the we correction. have a, we have a part-time oh. mental health director. What? Yeah.
1: That is stunning.
0: And I think from well uh from from uh, what the senator was telling me cuz this is this is an example of the what I was saying earlier is when I call I, call, I email the senator I'm like what's the what's the story on this? Yeah. I you were going to ask him about well, this? I'm like yeah. I better find out. And they, he emailed <laughs> me back and what he was saying to me was that they have a, they have a part-time mental health director who's kind of and and that person's duties are split between the mental health side and their regular you know sort of thing so uh this would create a dedicated full-time mental health director at the division of correct or department of corrections uh and it would also uh it also lays out some of the qualifications like Mm -hmm. they have to be a mental they have to have an experience in mental health and and lays out some of those requirements for that mental health director
1: that would be good <laughs> yeah well, in a billion different ways, right like oh, it's twenty twenty four and we do, okay
0: yeah and, and that's, that's a huge problem well yeah, and um you know the overlap between mental health and corrections is significant.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Uh, we
0: did a we did a report several years ago about corrections and mental health, uh, and looking at things like solitary confinement mm. and treatment while people are in corrections, and what do you and how do you prepare people to get out and mm-hmm. stay out? Right, and what services and supports are there, well, or what needs to be there? So, like one of the things we talked about, and uh, we recommended in our report was the suspension of Medicaid while you're incarcerated okay and then when you so so the way nebraska did it was that once you were incarcerated you lost your medicaid they terminated your medicaid Mm. and then when you got out you had to reapply okay uh which could take up to 30 to 45 days for them to process your and they only give you two weeks of meds if they give you that so anyway Mm.
1: that's no bueno either So (laughs) suspending
0: medicaid would have it would, it would come back to you once you left. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be terminated. It would just kind of hang there until you, and, and wait for you to get out, and then it would come back to you. Got it. So they, they did that. If they did that, you know, I want to say in, their, in the 2010s, okay. a few years ago. Um, but, yeah, the overlap between mental health and, and, and corrections is significant.
1: Well, it is. And, you know, not to bring in a huger subject, but everybody's like, it's the guns, it's the mental health. It's all of that together. Yeah. We need some serious mental health helpers in yeah. this in
0: this country and they and you know that's the thing is that uh, you're in you're confined but you may have a condition but they, they're not it, it may not they may not have the treatment facilities they might not have the staff they may not have the medications there, all that so a lot of folks go in there and they languish mm-hmm. uh, and they don't get treatment and they don't right. get any better Right. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm excited to see the mental health director and to see what that person can do and yes, we'll, I, we've, we've worked with the directors before um, so I look forward to talking to and meeting with and, and working with this director as well
1: and I do see that Senator Fredrickson did present that, introduce it, and I love it. And I feel like there has been more attention to mental health since he's become a senator. And I was like, this is huge. So I'm really grateful that he's down there in the unicameral. Well, we got about two minutes, so real quick. Um, I know there's so much more we could talk about, but darn it, we're out of time. But I do want to share the website where people can find more information
0: for disability rights. Sure, it's uh, www. Mm-hmm. Disability Rights Nebraska. Mm-hmm. All spelled out. Okay. Uh, dot org. Nebraska spelled out too? Yep. Uh, yep. yep. Okay. It's all spelled out. Disabilityrightsnebraska.org. And, and how about a phone number? Um, 800-422-6691. Mm-hmm. Our office is in Lincoln. We're in South Lincoln right across from the South Point Mall. So you can do a little retail therapy and then come visit <laughs> us. I love it. And totally. Then go, and then go back for some deep dish pizza at Old Chicago. Oh, that sounds delicious.
1: Well, we're halfway through the session, Brad, so I'll give you a shout before it's over. And then we'll check in next year, too, because we've got a long session next year. So good luck. Thank you so much for always looking out for all the disabled folks in Nebraska.
0: We really appreciate the work you do. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk and uh, to have a talk with you today and to tell what's going on. Well,
1: thank you. Well, Brad,
0: take good care, and we'll check back in. Ryan, we're going to send
1: it back over to you.
0: You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. This is the program where we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And this is the Radio Talking Book Network in Omaha, Nebraska. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 50 years. Radio Talking Book is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of Nebraska Public Media. Thank you all for being loyal Radio Talking Book listeners and supporters.